This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we're going to conquer two questions. One should a trader do continued education should they keep going to workshops and seminars and all that fun stuff and two why you shouldn't expect your live trading results to replicate your back testing results if you haven't done so already head to the website www.tier1trading.com check out the cool stuff that's available over there and i hope you enjoy today's episode so I was checking the Twitter feed this morning as I usually do as part of my trading routine and uh, Twitter is actually a really good resource for me. It can be toxic in many ways like uh, any other social media platform, but if you use it the right way, it can be very beneficial. And I use it for financial updates. I also use it for the education side of things where I interact with traders, answer questions, and well, many of these questions become episodes of the Trading Coach Podcast. And I got a question this morning, it was a two-part question. One was about, well, he said, Akil, I wanted to ask, is there a point in a trader's journey where they should stay away from the, quote, how to, unquote, trading seminars? Or do you think it's helpful to always have a foot in such events? And this is an interesting question. There's no wrong or right answer for it. My answer would be kind of a shrug and says, depends, right? So, First and foremost, when it comes to success in general, um, I'm a big believer in having a growth mindset. If you guys are unfamiliar, there are two types of mindsets out there, growth mindset and a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is you're fixed on whatever it is you're fixed on. You don't really intend to grow. You're kind of stubborn, stuck in your ways. Um, and a growth mindset is one that is always willing to develop. You're always asking questions. You're always exploring new things. You're always willing to take in new information and, and kind of decipher whether it's useful or not. Um, in my personal trading journey, I, I've gone through both, right? I, I, and there was a point in time where I had to have a fixed mindset to kind of stop me and center me and, and focus me, right? There's a lot of nonsense out there and, and, if you're listening to all of it, you're going to get off track with what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but then I also have a growth mindset because I believe that as a trader, we always have to be willing to learn, willing to adjust. And I look at what I'm doing with my trading now and some of the stuff that I'm doing now, I was highly against five, 10, maybe not five years, but 10, 12 years ago. So if I didn't have that growth mindset, I wouldn't be in the position I'm at right now. And to touch on a little bit about this, kind of the, the difference between or, or the transition between going from fixed to growth. The reason we need to have a fixed mindset is because there is a massive amount of information out there, right? Uh, there's a massive amount of good information. There is even more bad information. And the problem is as a newer trader, when you're in that unconscious incompetence stage or you're a like a baby, you don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. You just, all information is the same to you because it's your first time experiencing it. 
it's hard to kind of filter out the good from the bad. And, and this is how you end up getting that shiny thing syndrome where you're all over the place, where you're doing one thing and then you this YouTube video comes up and it, it shows you another thing and now you're bouncing to that other thing and then you read a book and it says this other thing and you're over here to the other thing and you hear a podcast and you're talking about this different thing and you're you're all over the place and you're you're never really giving yourself the time to develop. Now, the cool thing about trading is there are many, many ways to be successful. Um, there are core principles that need to be followed, but as far as like the specifics of a trading strategy, there are many ways to be successful. So all of the things you are hearing could potentially be profitable, but they all take a lot of work to get to that profitable point. And most new traders, you know, they, they, they don't, Either they don't want to put in a lot of hard work or they don't know that they have to put in a lot of hard work. So as soon as things, as soon as they hit a little bit of a, a roadblock, they assume that the system must be broken or failing and all that stuff and they go on to the next thing. So at some point in your trading career, you have to decide what type of trader you want to be. It could be the market you trade. It could be the directional bias, counter trend, whiff trend. It could be the, the, um, the fundamental, technical, price action indicator, right? It doesn't really matter what you choose, but at some point you have to focus on a path, right? I know this is a, an audio platform, but imagine yourself staring um, at like, uh, 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 you're in a hallway and there's like 20 doors, right? And None of those doors, or maybe some of those doors will lead, you know, will lead to bad places, but most of those doors can ultimately lead you to a, success, a successful place. Again, success is less about the trading strategy and more about the trader. If you're simply the whole time kind of uh, going up to the handle and, and, and half opening one door and backing off and half opening another door, you're never actually following that path through. Even if you enter the door and take a few steps and then nah, 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 change your mind and go back, you're never really following through. So it really doesn't matter what door you open, you're never going to be successful. At some point, you have to pick a door, you have to commit to that path, and you have to go down it and whatever you experience, you have to experience it and hopefully overcome it right? That is trading for you. And when you're down that door, when you're down that path, you have to have a fixed mindset because it's not just a, a hallway that's isolated, right? In that hallway, there are a thousand other doors, right? These are all the other distractions, all the other internet places, all the other books that are tempting you to kind of go back and try something else. And you have to have this tunnel vision to say, hey, I'm ignoring everything to the right. I'm ignoring everything to the left. I'm steadying my path right down the middle. And that's when that fixed mindset has to be in there. Because in my journey, man, what I was doing, I was told it was wrong by a million people. Oh, you can't be profitable doing this. Oh, that's voodoo magic, this, that. And you have to be kind of over, overly confident in yourself and your strategy to follow through with it. Now, the cool part is that after you get to the other side and you've proven to yourself that it works, right? Once you prove that it works, once you've followed that pathway and it leads to success, you don't care about what anyone else says anymore because you know the truth, right? You know, people tell me all the time, Akil, you're trading this way, that can't be profitable, right? It doesn't even phase me. Why? Because I've actually traded it and I've been profitable doing it. So whose word am I going to take? Some random guy that probably has never tested what I'm doing, probably doesn't even know what I'm doing, or me with years and years of data of success? Easy answer. So at that point, once you're fully confident and comfortable in what you're doing, 
you can adapt back to that growth mindset. You can start opening up your eyes and, and listening to other things and, and, and seeing what complements your strategy. Hey, is there anything I can add here? Is there anything I can take that will make my strategy better? And that's how I look at continued education now in my career. I have no intentions of changing how I'm trading. Again, that would be, be stupid. But I am looking for things that will help me develop my edge even further. So when I read a book, when I listen to a workshop, when I attend a seminar, I'm not necessarily there looking for the strategy. I'm there to see if there's any information that I could take. And it could be the smallest bit, right? Is there any information that I can take that may be helpful in what I'm doing, either evolving what I'm doing or becoming more aggressive, you know, what, whatever it may be. So should a trader still be involved in these how-to trading seminars? Well, I guess it really depends on where you're at in your trading. You have to know that if you're in a place where you're comfortable and confident in what you're doing, then yes, you can attend these things and you don't have to worry about being influenced to do something you don't want to. But and, and, and if you're very new on the path, if you haven't made a decision on what door you're, you want to pick and you're trying to figure out the different options and get kind of a preview, then yes, it makes perfect sense to attend as many of these as possible because you're going to see examples of different ways and, and hopefully you can find a way that fits for you the best. But if you're in that middle zone where you know how you want to trade, but you haven't gotten to success yet, I think the best path that you can take is to stay away. You know, don't go to them. If you have a mentor, just focus on what your mentor or your coach is doing, right? Let that be your, your leading hand through that tunnel. But don't go to other things because all they're going to do is distract you. Now, for part two of the question, and I'll make this quick because we're only almost 10 minutes in already. But Akil, I was listening to the podcast the other day. You briefly mentioned something that's been on my mind. You said, we use our backtesting data, or when using our backtesting data, we should expect a certain percentage less. I said 10% less. I was wondering if you can elaborate more on the or direct me to a video or podcast on that. And the answer for this one is pretty simple. It won't be nearly as long as what I gave you about growth mindset, but the answer is simple. Human error. Human error. And human error comes in two different ways, right? There is a... There's a better and a worse or, or human error. They're both bad. There's, there's, a, there's a worse and a much worse human error, right? So we'll start with the just the regular worst, right? The regular worst human error is the fact that we're going to miss things, right? As human beings, we aren't perfect. We're not robots. We're not, you know, we, we can try our hardest to stick to an established routine. We can try our hardest to do everything we're supposed to do. But at some point or another, we are going to miss a trade. It could be we take a call, we go to the bathroom, we take the kids to the, the doctor, we have an emergency something pop up, or we just don't see it on the chart. At some point, we're not going, we're going to make some type of error. Um, and there are many errors too, right? I, I've had errors, obviously, of, of missing trades. I was in the middle of like a, a, a training lesson and I just missed it. I've had errors where I've put on the wrong order, right? I've meant to put on a sell limit and I put a buy limit on by accident. I've had errors where I've entered trades on the wrong pair, right? I'm looking at pound yen, but because I'm, I'm thinking about dollar yen, I entered in my control panel instead of doing like on chart trading. I entered in my control panel a sell order on the dollar yen instead of the pound yen. Um, there's stuff with stop losses, the wrong position sizes. I've done stuff when we talked about this on the Trader Coffee Break, where I've entered I've entered stuff in the wrong account. Right, I had a day trading and a swing trading account, and on my deal, right, I can't just label one day trading one 
swing trading, they have numbers. It's like NZT1123 and other ones NZT1452, right? And sometimes when you're in the, the heat of things, you mix up the account. So all of those are errors. They, they are natural errors. So they're bad. I, I don't want to make an excuse like, hey, you, you should be making them. Like you, you want to try as hard as possible to put yourself in position not to make them. But stuff like that is going to happen. Like you forgot to put an order on overnight. Another one, um, I've put in good till day orders on for swing trading by accident where meaning that at the end of the day, the order is taken off. So I had a trade that's on my radar and I'm waiting for it overnight. And then it triggers in the morning. I'm like, oh yeah, baby, doing the money dance. And then I, I, I see that it never got triggered because my order got canceled at 5 p.m. Like stuff like that. It's bad but it could be worse. Those are kind of natural. The, the worst errors are the ones that you don't miss, but the ones that you purposely do. You, you technically purposely do it, but there's a reason for it. I'm, I'm talking about your greed and your fear-based errors, right? Your FOMO, right? Your the, the, the chart gives you an entry reason, but you're a little bit scared, so you never pull the trigger, so you don't actually take the trade, even though you're sitting right there actively taking the trade. I'm talking about moving your stop loss back as your as the trade goes against you because you want to give yourself more room, right? High off the hopium, hoping it will turn around and, and, and at least give you break even. I'm talking about taking stops off early, right? Price gives you a little jab to the downside, and all of a sudden you get scared and fearful, and you close out because it must be a loser, right? I'm talking about entering prematurely, right? You see an entry signal and instead of waiting for the close of the candle, you're afraid that the market's going to get away from you, right? So you enter it early only to come back and see that the market never actually gave you your entry signal, right? Can you tell I've done all these before? I'm talking about taking targets early. I had a conversation with a trader the other day about this where he's like, yeah, I take targets 10 pips before where my targets are supposed to be taken at. And I'm like, well, then what's the point of putting targets up there if you know you're going to take them early? He's like, uh, what, what? So stuff like that. Those are the worser errors because those are the ones that you can control more. I guess you can control the other ones, but again, stuff's going to happen. These are the ones that you have much more control over because you're doing it. You're making the decision to take something earlier, move something back or not take a trade or get in a trade too early. So a combination of both of these errors, you're going to expect there to be a little bit of a difference in your backtesting results. Because again, your backtesting results, they don't have this emotional component where you're making all of these mistakes, right? Because you're seeing it real time. And of course, you're going to catch every one. Same thing. Because you're seeing it, um, sorry, not real time, you're seeing it in the past. It's real time if you're using like a bar tick replay, but it's not real, real time. And the same thing, right? If you, you're never going to miss a trading opportunity because if you scroll past it, oh, you just go back and, and, and collect it. Remember, the, the, the job of our backtesting procedure is not necessarily trade repl replication as if we we're demo trading, right? And that's why we want to demo trade before going live trading. It is data collection. We just want to see what our system produces, what our edge looks like. After we know that it has an edge and this is a, an A plus strategy that we can move on with, then we want to go to the demo trading. And that's going to be practicing dealing with it in the live markets. There's a little bit more emotion in there, but definitely the ability to see things and, and capture things live. That's where we're training that aspect before we do live trading. So hope this clears it up. As always, guys, if you have questions, reach out to me on social media. I don't bite. Akil Stokes RTM over on Facebook, over on Twitter, over on Instagram. I'm on TikTok too, but I don't think you can message there. I don't really know how to use that platform much. Um, but yeah, hit me up on social. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day.
So I didn't mention this at the end, but I'm also on YouTube, right? You can send me comments there. Just YouTube search of Keel Stokes. Lots of videos. I got the Weekend Trading Edge video, which is the classic video I've been doing for almost 10 years now. And I got my daily live streams as well, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. New York time. Join me for my trade of the day, where I give you an inside look in the live trading room here get the ability to kind of ask me questions, interact with a great group of traders. So youtube.com slash Stokes, subscribe, hit that notification bell as well. That way you don't miss my latest upload.